When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with the superwoman, Lisa Bilyeu, who just launched a new, well, you just recorded your first episode of Women of Impact today, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. You look phenomenal, by the way, oh, and I know that you got a little baby. extra gussied up for this show. But I, I was my like, hair. <laughs> I was, su- you brush your hair every day. I was super like the, um, the adoring husband today. It was so neat to see you do that. And I'm way, way, way excited for this, so. Can I be honest though, like what was so much fun just now, that just before we record, started recording this, was you giving me instructions on the teleprompter. Interesting. I never would have done that, but you heckled me so hard <laughs> in the early days with how bad I was at using a teleprompter that I thought, all right, which I was grateful for, by the way, and it made me better. So I was like, but I know if this is making her uncomfortable, if she feels put on the spot, I can easily lean on, this is exactly what you did to me. And in all fairness, it wasn't heckling, it was trying to give advice. Yeah, 100%. I say that just, it's a funny word, but um, yeah. And you got so much better in whatever the 10 or 15 minutes But there was something about like, I'm sure everyone else in the room was bored to death, but like training and getting advice from you, like, I don't know, like that was really, it was actually a quite a nice bonding moment for me just now. Yeah, I thought that we should probably do it some more and like really practice at it because you got so much better in 15 minutes that be pretty insane what you could do in an hour. But I love that we can bond over things like that. I mean, look, mm. I think because we work so much, it's actually nice to find things, you know, on a daily basis that we can still bond over as husband and wife. And that re- that didn't feel like you were trying to train me as the business partner. Right. It was like you said, like the proud husband that was helping me get better at a skill that you've already developed. Right. And so thank you for that, baby. Word. All right. Should we kick it off? Let's do it. All right. Um, guys, we are accepting um, any questions. Just email them to connect at impacttheory.com. And if you want to stay anonymous, we absolutely respect that. So just let us know that you want to stay anonymous. And if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe to yes, this show. Please. All right, now Here we go. let's do it. All right, this is from Andy Kinney. How do you let... Uh, oh, sorry. How do you let go of the fear of being hurt? Also, how to not shut down out of a need for self-preservation when someone hurts you in a relationship? I love this question. I have like a real obsession with the notion of what is beautiful about opening yourself up to being hurt is knowing that it is almost a guarantee. Mm. And when you can do that, when you can say, I know that some percentage of the times that I'm gonna open myself up like that, I am going to be hurt. And yet, it is such a beautiful human emotion to connect like that, to open yourself up, that I'm gonna do it anyway. Now, that of course assumes that you're able to differentiate between people who are bad for you, they're intentionally, emotionally abusive or whatever. So I'm not saying like, if you know that you really, you're getting devastated over and over and over, that's a you problem, that's hard to face, I get it, and that's not what somebody wants to hear, but, I read a great quote and I really wish I knew who said it. Don't trust what somebody says. Don't even trust what they do, but always, always trust the pattern. Hmm. And I thought, oh, that is so powerful because 
Any of us can get something right or wrong once or twice. But when you do it over and over and over, there's no one left to look at but yourself. Like that pattern is so clear. So yeah, that it, I'm, I'm setting that aside for now. And I'm saying that you're somebody who has had high functioning relationships in your past, but it dissolved somehow and it dissolved in a very painful way. And being able to open yourself up, that to me is beautiful. Yeah, it is. And so I'm saying this from someone who I had a bad relationship before I met you, but I was quite young. It was, you know, I met him when I was 16. And so even though it was like a almost four year relationship, I was still quite young. So obviously I would handle that entire situation very differently. (laughs) That Um, is an understatement. And it was puppy love, right? It wasn't true love. Now, I'm watching this show, um, I actually just finished, called Dr. Foster. If anyone's seen this BBC Uh show. I think it's BBC. Um, And it's basically about the woman finds out her husband's had an affair. And she completely derails. And she derails because, you know, then you see her break down. And it's basically, she's like, it's the lie you've told me that I can't get over. And she even says to him... I think you've been having an affair. Now, before you answer, I can probably get over, like we can work through that, but don't lie to me. And he still lies to her. And then when she finds out it's a lie, that's when she just like loses her shit. And I just thought to myself, I put so much trust in you, 100% trust. That literally, what is that song like? Um, oh, that reggae, not, what? not the reggae song, but the guy is like, I came in the house and I saw you sleeping, oh, it wasn't me. wasn't me, yeah, um, the shaggy song. The shaggy song. <laughs> like, I have you on video, wasn't me. Wasn't me, yeah. I believe in you so much that I would have to literally witness it with my own eyes to actually believe it. So right. if someone else came up to me and said, hey, I saw him with another woman, I'd be like, oh, he's probably just hanging out with her. No, no, I saw his hand on her butt. Oh, he was probably just like, you brushing know, brushing something off, something off right. yeah. Um, But here's the thing, to people who have had this experience and found out they were cheating, they think I'm naive. And I get it. And I get that, like, from the outside, if you've already been stung, all the things that I would then go, no, 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 he doesn't cheat on me, I trust him 100%, it becomes warped now. And so if you had cheated on me, or if you cheat on me, it would be hard to not bring that to the next relationship. And I don't know how I would overcome it, especially, I am... Like I said, I believe you so much that you would never do that. I don't think I could ever trust my emotion again in that next relationship because I'm like, well, look, I trusted him implicitly and he still did it. So there's no way that I'm going to be able to trust someone else. How, how do you advise someone to get over that? Because I actually don't know. I don't know how I wouldn't let that break me. Yeah, so you ready? Of course. So one, you have to own that I was unable to see something, I was unable to effectively manage the relationship, or I chose poorly. I as in like me. Yeah. Right. So the person who has been cheated on, everyone would say, oh, it makes sense for you to blame the other person 100%. But I will just tell you, then you're forever going to be stuck in that realm that you're talking about, where it's like, well, I don't know what I did. I don't know how I could trust again. Okay, cool. So being there is not going to help you. And so my thing is, I only do and believe that which moves me towards my goals. So if my goal is to live a fully developed life where I'm able to connect and love and be loved, then I have to get past that. Because bringing an affair in a previous relationship or mistrust from a previous relationship into your current relationship is going to kill the relationship. 
And if you're bringing that in and you're mistrusting the person, you want to get someone to act in a distrustful way, mm. start distrusting them mm. off the bat. Think about it. Well, she already distrusts me. So that's crazy. Now, for the other person on the other side, if you can be the kind of person I want to be and help them through that and understand that you're going to take the flack for something that you didn't do and, and really help them, I think that's extraordinary. But setting that aside, even though I would hope that I could do that on the other side, as the person who's been cheated on or had the devastating thing happen to you, even though you have every right to be upset and to bring that distrust into your next relationship, it will not serve you. Yeah. In fact, not only will it not serve you, it will work against you aggressively. So it just doesn't make sense. Okay, so if it doesn't make sense, and we know that carrying that forward is a bad strategy, then what's the good strategy? Because the good strategy is not to open yourself blindly over and over and over and to get mauled every time. You have to accept there's something that I'm doing wrong in the selection process, in the relationship management process, or in just the seeing process, so that I'm not recognizing red flags when they first start presenting themselves. So yeah, you've got to do the hard work of figuring that stuff out. And it would be an entire podcast to talk about, and I don't just mean a single episode, it'd be an entire podcast to try and figure out what a person has to do psychologically to begin to have that kind of self-awareness. But it does begin with self-awareness. It begins with communication. It begins with the, what we talk about here we call principles which is taken from the Ray Dalio book, uh, but I'm talking specifically about the truthfulness side of being able to speak truth and hear truth. And so when you have something like that, rather than attacking them and being accusatory, you say, look, hey, something happened in the past, which you would you need to be completely open and honest with them about what happened mm -hmm. so they can be A, sensitive to it, and B, understand when you come at them and in a very non-attacking way, just say, hey, this action is triggering my insecurities. They're mine to deal with 100%. I am hoping that you can help me. Even just letting me process out loud would be tremendously helpful. And I'm not saying words like this. I'm saying these exact words. This is exactly what you say to them. And you say, hey, when I got that photo of your hand and that woman's butt or, you know, whatever, like that really triggers me. And so I, I want to talk through it. And you don't come at them like, what the fuck? Like, because when you do that, you're backing them into a corner. They're going to respond in kind emotionally. You're putting them on the defensive. When people are feeling defensive, they tend to attack because the strongest defense is a good offense. So that's just what people do. So you're going into it saying the reaction that I essentially want from them is for them to attack me back, which now is just pure escalation. It's open warfare. It's not going to end well. But if you come from the place of clearly articulating the vulnerability that you have, clearly articulating the insecurity that's been triggered so that you're not saying that it's even justified. You're just saying, hey, this makes me feel insecure. And obviously I'm, I use a, a sort of jokey example, but whatever that real thing is, and it could be as simple as when you turn your phone over face down, it makes me like feel like you're hiding something. Now, that doesn't mean that the right answer is for him to turn the phone over. But it does mean that you share that and you're able to process through it and they're able to respond in kind. But again, that doesn't mean that they just give you everything that you're asking for. That, that would become an abusive relationship in the opposite direction. But it does mean that knowing how it makes you feel, that being able to talk through it, that they're really hearing you and trying to understand where you're coming from, like now you can get into a mature, emotionally stable relationship where you're being heard, you're expressing yourself, you're not lashing out emotionally. Um, and you're using communication to get you through to the other side. And then to some extent, you just have to trust red flags. And if 
when you bring that up and you really were vulnerable and you didn't attack and they don't reciprocate and you point out, I'm not feeling like you're reciprocating, again, non-emotionally, and they still just like, oh, I hate these kinds of conversations or whatever, mm. that's never going to work. Mm. So, you know, and, and especially if you're willing to acknowledge them early in a relationship, then you can either part ways or seek therapy or whatever. Um, but learning to communicate, if you don't do that, you're never going to make it. Yeah, that's really great advice. I mean, I know for myself that the truth is I would have to work to get over it to really develop another relationship. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to bring that, like I shouldn't bring that as baggage to my new relationship because that doesn't set that up for success. Um, and I think honesty and communication is a massive thing. Um, in fact, I did that with you the other day where you said something to me in a certain tone and I was a little sensitive because we just got off the phone to the doctor and I don't want to go into details now, but I was definitely sensitive. And the way you had said something afterwards, it really like, upset me not really upset me but like it stung a little and I remember thinking and I even said this to you I totally recognize that this stings because right now I'm feeling a little sad or you know frustrated over x y and z so I recognize that if I wasn't in that emotional state I probably won't feel wouldn't feel like this but the truth is I do feel like this and so I just need you to help me through it. And I think that your response was amazing. And hopefully that was a good way of communicating with you in saying like, because I think when people just go off the rails or get upset over something, you're like, wow, they got upset over that. And then you start thinking like, wow, they're really sensitive and what's going on? But if someone's very honest and they're like, look, I know that I shouldn't be sensitive to this, but I am right now. I think it kind of lowers the guard and be like, oh, of course. Yeah, what do you need? How can I help you? Um, at least, yeah, that was my feeling towards that did it totally come across like that 100% yeah. it's um, such a good strategy and I just see people that hold on to things for like 30 years 40 years and they can't have a good relationship because their first relationship didn't end the way they wanted to and I you know also think that I'm never going to allow myself to get to that stage so even if god forbid something drastic happened to me and you and you betrayed me or something like that i know what i i wouldn't do myself a disservice by living my life holding on to that you would do yourself a disservice sorry i wouldn't hold on to it because i know it would be doing a disservice can i say something with a lot of compassion and empathy but really direct of course and i say this truly because the people listening to this guys when i say we love you like we have so much love and empathy for everybody that listens to this and we're so honored this community is unlike anything else i can't tell you how many people have said like go read the comments this community is just exceptional i I really believe that and so i say this with love to hold on to something like that is mental illness and you've got to get yourself out of that and when the reason i say it is it is truly mental illness is there's a region of the brain called the basal ganglia and it has to do with shifting gears of getting out of a looping thought and some people just cannot do it. They can't get out of that looping thought and you need to get somebody to help you. It's almost certainly gonna be cognitive behavioral therapy. It's not like you need to go take drugs, but you need to have somebody work with you to train you how to stop looping on that negative thought and the reason that I put a point on it of mental illness is that every time I do something that I'm like, this is mental illness, it helps me go, I really need to get away from this because I don't like, that's how I felt about anxiety. I was like, this is literal mental illness. I'm letting this spiral out of control. And so by attacking it with, obviously I, I don't feel shame when I say that. I know some people hear something shameful. 
Um, but realizing that it was a breakdown of an organ let me go, okay, I really need to address this at like a deep and fundamental level. Um, so I, I want them to understand that the severity of a problem like that where you're holding on to something for more, if you're holding on to something for more than a couple days, like, and I'm talking extraordinarily large things, if you're holding on to it for more than, I'll say a month, 30 days is like, that's it. After that, it doesn't mean that you're past it, but it means you don't let yourself loop in negativity. You don't let yourself loop around feeling sorry for yourself. So let's say it's a divorce. It does not mean that you're over it. It does not mean that there won't be reverberations for a long time to come. But it absolutely does mean that you don't let yourself loop around that negativity anymore. You just need to invite positivity back into your life. I wrote a whole um, Instagram post on this today and I was like, I really hope this is coming across. The reality is you become what you think about. Mm. And if you're thinking about negative shit, no matter how justified you are, no matter how right anyone would, you would say for you being that hurt, thinking about negative stuff sucks. And your life is going to start sucking because you're just looping around something negative, which means you're secreting chemicals that make you feel, at a physiological level, you feel bad. And so you can choose to loop around something positive, that something great is going to come out. And you and I had this experience today. We were having a very important phone call earlier today. And I said, I want to make sure everybody on this call knows this is going to work out perfectly. And because I wanted everybody, like, you've got to have a positive mindset. You've got to loop around positivity. Like, there's, even though it was, uh, it was a very serious topic, it doesn't make sense to loop endlessly on how it could go wrong. Hmm. We need to loop endlessly on how it could go right. Now we need to set ourselves up to make sure that we're making the odds, <coughs> excuse me, the odds of succeeding like go up and up and up and up and up. But the only loop we can be in is this is going to work. And you would have that same mentality in a relationship where even if you've been stung, things have gone wrong, I've cheated on you, whatever, in your new relationship, you would you would bring positivity to it. One hundred percent optimism, not not foolish naivete but optimism that this i can figure this out this is going to work like we're going to work through these problems we're going to talk through it we're going to process so this isn't a childish blind like everything's going to be fine even though i'm terrible at choosing people even though i never recognize red flags that's not what i'm doing Boy. i'm saying hey i don't recognize red flags very easily communicating like this doesn't come naturally to me but this is going to work like i'm going to figure this out i i believe in myself enough to learn this mm. and Going into it like that, going into it knowing that I'm not going to hold on to the negativity and loop around the hurt that I felt before, yeah, that's how you get out from under it. Yeah, I would definitely force myself to get to that point for my next relationship because I couldn't hold on to the sting that had happened from our relationship if it went sour. Um, it would be harder for me to really um, believe them and I'd have to put like almost a plan in place of how I'm going to emotionally overcome certain things and how I can work with them like what you were saying about communication. Um, but I also recognize that to set that relationship up for success, I have to go all in again. I can't hold, and I see this so many times, right, where someone's been stunned for a relationship and they just can't give themselves all, all over it anymore. So they're only ever given 60% or 70% of who they are for their entire relationship. And I just think that that doesn't set your relationship up for success at all. Like, it, if you're not giving everything, um, then it would be hard. But again, on the flip side, I get why. 
So I think you almost need to take it stage by stage or step by step to heal first. Word. Oh, we've got a would you rather. Word. Let's go over to would you rather. Let's do it. All right. Would you rather shut down emotionally every time your partner gives you feedback <laughs> or never get the feedback in the first place? Oh, God. Am I allowed to say that I can change me shutting down emotionally? Well, I'll... I'll <laughs> Oh, this is really, both of those are so bad. So I'd rather have the feedback for the reason that you're going to say, which is that you can change. But you can't change. So you always Yeah, this is one though that like the Neither. reality of emotions are that they wear off. So I'd rather get the feedback, have the emotion wear off, and then, you know, obviously put it into practice. But yeah. I know some people shut down so that they never think about it. I just oh, can't live God, in a world horrible. where I don't ever get feedback. Like, I need yeah, feedback from everything, totally. from my work, from my personal life. thousand percent. This yeah. is a hateful question. <laughs> All right, next one. Would you rather be afraid of your partner breaking up with you every day or being fired every day? Oh, so easy. A hundred percent. Like, man, oh, man. Like, you're, there's nothing worse than being in a bad relationship. And I know that I catch a lot of flack on this podcast for that. But, like, I literally don't understand people that stay in a bad relationship. I'm just going to keep saying it till the day I die. I think like, it's so crazy to me. But here's the thing. I think it's because it's, it's easier said than done. But the truth What's is... What's easier said than done? To say, I'm saying in general, it's easier to say, I won't stay in this relationship. And it's harder to actually get out of the relationship. So For some. For some, for sure. And yeah, that's I'm, all I'm saying. You know I would never do that, right? No, I know you wouldn't. Okay. But I recognize that it's very difficult for people to leave serious relationships. And I understand everything that comes along with it. And for you, because you're such a, don't want to say black and white, because that's actually not true. I get it's hard. You, I, you have a, I just suffer more. Yeah. I'm more terrified of it. Maybe that's it. I'm yeah. just too emotionally yeah. weak. Yeah. Like, I don't, I no, don't care I what people want to say. I'm, that is, you have one life. Yeah. Make the relationship great. I'm all for that. That's always my first mm -hmm. tact. But if you can't, mm -hmm. that's so uniquely horrible. Mm -hmm. That's so uniquely horrible. I just could. I used to have a recurring nightmare about this. Yeah, which makes sense then why you would never go into that nightmare. Yeah. Like, and, and, but that tells you that this is something that really, really is baked into my psyche. Mm -hmm. Like being in a loveless marriage. I was having that nightmare when I was a teenager. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Next, would you rather? Would you rather get into the wrong relationship for the right reasons or right relationship for the wrong reasons? Right relationship for the wrong reasons, 100%. Yeah. Who cares? You ended up in the right relationship. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in fact, I ended up in this relationship for the wrong reasons. I just wanted to have sex with you. <laughs> that was it. Entirely, 100%. I thought you had to leave the country. I was like, thank God, this will be amazing. We will have sex and you will leave go back to England. And then I fell in love. And it, it is the greatest gift of my life that I wanted to have sex with you. Like truly. And so very much the wrong reason, but oh dear God, did it ever work out? That is a great actual segue into this next question. Let's do it. And that wasn't planned at all, but well done. This question is from Johnny Santana. We Ring know a Johnny Santana. We do know a Johnny. What's up, Johnny? Um, all right. As someone who's never been in a relationship before, what are the right and wrong reasons to get into a serious relationship? And does sleeping around a lot pre-relationship affect your future in relationships in a significant way? So, A, sleeping around will have no impact if you don't pick up any diseases. 
So, I mean, let's just be real. Well, I actually don't agree with that because if you're religious and you want to be with somebody who... There are circumstances, yeah. And then also, you tried to sleep with me on the first date and I said no. And then you said, thank God you said no because I wouldn't have asked for a second date. Like, A, what, why? I've heard that many times. Yeah. Please explain to all the women listening, what is that about? Because you're tricking me. Like, thank God I didn't shave my legs that night. And that's actually a good tip for anyone that's listening, for any women. If you really don't want to sleep with a guy on the first date and you're worried that your emotions are going to take over, because look, I get it, right? Sexual attraction is a real thing. And I was extremely sexually attracted to you. So if, I didn't, if I'd shaved my legs, would I have succumbed to the emotion and the electricity? Maybe. But you don't shave your legs, so that way you're never going to show the, so the guy funny. on the first date. Um, but seriously, though, like, what is that? Please explain, because I don't understand. You're not going to be satisfied with the answer. And, and it goes something like this. There's some neurochemical thing that I'm not the right person to answer. Um, read the book Sex at Dawn, which is pretty fascinating. So um, humans are, and now I'm going by, uh, the, hey, if you have kids in the car, now's the time to like plug their little ears. Um, so based on the size of male testicles and the shape of the penis, we know that humans are... Certainly from an evolutionary standpoint, they are not purely monogamous. So we fall in between. This, the, when you have small testicles, it means that you're very, um, you only have sex with one partner, and they're usually monogamous. And then if you have very large testicles, then there's a lot of sleeping around uh, because you get into sperm competition. So, and that's why the penis is shaped the way that it's shaped, um, which I won't go into here. I think I've talked about it before. Um, but... So we know that just from an evolutionary standpoint, we're not purely monogamous. Now we're not on one extreme end or the other. So um, that's part of it. So once you've had the quote unquote conquest, like you're from an evolutionary perspective, it makes more sense to move on mm -hmm. so that you can spread your seed. Um, but at the same time, we are a social animal and we bond deeply. And so given enough time to bond, then there's something more than the sexual conquest. So it isn't about, like once we'd really connected after that first date, like on dates two and three, and like we're getting to know each other as people. And so now it's like, I'm not having sex with someone, I'm having sex with you. And so now there's a deeper layer, a deeper set of meaning that we give to the action. So humans, all humans, male or female, like you apply meaning to something. But if you don't have enough interaction with that person, the meaning that you're applying to it is probably like a, a notch in the bedpost. It's like, and, and that is thrilling. Certainly for, I'll speak for myself, that was thrilling for me. Like knowing that, oh, I've slept with more than one person. This is really cool. Like for me, because I had no game growing up, like to think that, whoa, I can convince more than one person to sleep with me, this is incredible. And, and that really was incredible. And so that's part of what's playing into it. But then when it was just something more than that, and it didn't take a lot for me, but when there was something more, that was just more thrilling. So then it was like, well, I want to be with her. And the thought of only sleeping with her is absolutely fine. She's so cool. Um, but if the story that had you know, presented itself after just date one was, okay, well, I've already slept with her and there's no grander story because we're not connected like that yet, then that would have been that. But even if you had a great day and the sex was great, yeah, and, and maybe I, I still understand. would have called you. I don't know, but it, there is something to... The thing that's pulling you through the awkwardness of extending yourself and taking a chance and all of that is that you want to have sex. 
And so now when you don't have that, like what's pulling you through to the date, right? So dates are often going somewhere that isn't your ideal. It's, you know, having conversations that aren't necessarily your ideal. And so you do all of that because you want to get something. Sometimes that's a relationship. Sometimes that's sex. And so if what you were interested in was sex, which is the case for me, I wasn't interested in a relationship. I actively didn't want to be in a relationship. Then you what's got left? What you wanted and you'd move on. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, these are clear thoughts in my head. Right. It was just sort of there as a feeling. Hmm. All right, so going back to this question then, does sleeping around a lot pre-relationship affect your future in relationship with, in a significant way? It did not affect mine. How about that? Mm. Now, sure. not that I was a Lothario by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think that um, in today's age, I really don't think it matters. In the slightest. To be honest, for me, though, it's like, I think you need to do what is right for you. And if you meet somebody where that's a problem, then they're not accepting you for you. That's definitely part of it. Like, if, if you were like, oh, well, you're not a virgin. Sorry, I'm not interested. But like, well, okay, clearly you're not the right one for me because, yes, I have had experiences and this is who I am. And if you don't like that because of that reason, then... You definitely, we're never going to spend the rest of our lives together because I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of other things that you're going to disapprove of that I've done. Um, and so if that's going to be the one thing that's going to get in the way of then dating me, then you're clearly not right for me. I think a lot of people focus on getting rejected for something they've done. But I think ultimately it's like if you can own, you know that it felt right and that was a right decision to make for you and someone can't accept it, then again, going back to you know, then that's clearly you guys aren't meant to be together because you actually see things differently as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I, this is such a non-entity for me. Like, I, I, if anybody out there listening right now is ashamed of their sexual past, man, uh, my heart goes out to you. Like, own it. it. Yeah, own it. Like, I just don't get, don't shame people for their sexual past. It's so crazy. So be careful, take care of yourself, don't put yourself in dicey situations, that for sure. And unfortunately, sex is risky, um, but it's also rad. And so, yeah, I don't get it. But when I was younger, I was insecure enough that it, it did matter a little bit to me how many people the woman had slept with. But once I got past that insecurity, then it was like, yeah, this is just awesome. she slept with a lot more people yeah. than you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like now, God, when I say that wouldn't even make my radar, I don't even know I would think to ask. I just hope that they've enjoyed their sex life because I want to enjoy mine. So I want to be with somebody that really enjoys sex. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is one of those questions that my answer at 20 would have been so different than it is now. What would your answer at 20 have been? Yeah, that I care Oh, well, at one point, I was, like, way into virginity for myself. Like, I was saving my... At one point, I was saving myself for marriage, which I still can't believe is true. Um, and I abandoned that. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, a thing for me. And so, but, yeah, when I say now, not in the slightest. Yeah, because there's going to be so many, depending on who it is, there's going to be so many different reasons, people's perspectives, whether you're a virgin, whether you slept with a lot of people. Like, I think it... Um, 
and I think I think this now that I'm older, like I just don't have judgment on anyone. Like if you want to save yourself, save yourself. If that's right for you and that's right for your partner, then I think that that's amazing that you have the discipline and the understanding of what you want. To Can be. I say I think it's a bad strategy? Sure. Like I mean, no everyone, moral judgment? Yeah. Totally get it. Like if, if that's the path people want to choose, I will merely present the case that like there's... Yeah, there's so much experience to be gained, so many things to learn. It's like picking ahead of time the dish that you want to eat for the rest of your life. Like if you've never had a dish, like that seems like a really risky proposition to me. Just from a like what is more likely to lead you to a relationship that will truly be satisfying. But anyway, I get what you're saying and I don't judge them at all. I'm literally talking from a strategic, no, from a strategic standpoint, my advice to everybody is if your moral, because um, I get beliefs and some people just are never going to be able to get around that and, and respect. Um, but if there's no trip up from that perspective, I would say it is a better strategy to experiment. And so what is it about, I'm just going to kind of go on like the men and women thing right now. Um, just one last quick little explanation that I'm so interested in asking. And the funny thing is we've had so many of these discussions and it's just one of these, like, sometimes it's just not satisfying. Like, I don't feel like... Mm. I hear the words that are coming out of your mouth, <laughs> but I don't actually get it. And maybe it's because I don't agree. Yeah. But what is it with guys wanting the woman to have slept with less people than them what is that like ownership you, is it back going back to evolution and basically seeing that you want to be the one that is seeding the woman and so they're There's, taking care of your child uh, let me let me give you a way more base answer that is probably oh, the c- can i be honest yeah oh i've just remembered i can't believe i forgot because when you first asked me how many guys i slept with i lied to you yeah i wasn't gonna bring that up i uh, know i just remembered that that's so weird but yeah i completely lied to you and then i admitted it after but it was one of those like I don't want him to judge me. I don't want him, like, but why didn't I, I was young, so I should have freaking have just owned it. But yeah, I I so lied to you. Because I knew that you were gonna judge me. And you would have. Yeah, I don't think I would have if you'd been honest from the beginning. What, What was hard was you think, okay, wow, like, she's hardly slept with anybody. This is amazing. And then you have to, oh, wait a second, actually that, so you tell yourself this story about what that means for you, and then the story changes, and it was the story changing that was weird. Um, but that was one thing that we got past really fast. Yeah. And I thought this is one of those chances where, by not judging her and not being mean about it, that you invest in the future. I think that's the one and only time I've lied to you. In all fairness, that was on our first date. So. Yeah, Jesus. When I say that I'm. Yeah. But, then, but don't you even, even just think about said, it. like. Like, wow, that's amazing. Like, she hasn't slept with that many people. Like, why is that amazing? Like, what is it A, about I was young and they... stupid, and now I wouldn't react like that. I would be more paranoid now that, like, I want them, A, to experience things and have had a great time and to know what they want and to own their sexuality. Like, there is nothing more fun than being with somebody who knows what they want. Mm. Not that they're, like, crazy swinging from the chandelier. They know what they want. Um, so that's... Extraordinary. Now, the reason that I think guys act like that, and it's probably being driven by the biology that you're intimating, um, but I will just say that it, for me, it was entirely insecurity about am I able to perform at the level that you're used to? You know what I mean? Like, am I going to be a rock star for you or you had not? Comparisonitis. 
Yes. Someone yeah, just like, told me that word the other day and I've been dying to use it in a sentence. Nicely done. <laughs> well played. Uh, I've never heard that word before, so I I'm, I love it. I, I don't was, know if it's real, but... I even said it as an alarm to remember the word. So Nicely done. So it always done. comes up with parasonitis. Thanks to Amanda Bucci for introducing that to my world. Word. I love so, it. Sorry. Continue. No, that's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Like, when, for me, this is just me, but I was young, I was insecure about my prowess, and so because of that, it's like, oh God, like what if... and. I didn't know that I could trust you to be honest. Mm. And so would you tell me if you wanted things done differently and am I performing well? It's just, there's, it's literally called performance anxiety. Like it feels like a performance. You wanna be great, you wanna be extraordinary. And if you're not, then it's rough. Like, but it's all happening in your head. Right. Like you don't even have the feedback. Like you're doing this whole thing in your head. Um, so yeah, I think that people just want to be great and they want to be your best ever, 100%. I don't think anybody no, ever wants to be in a sustained relationship where they don't believe that they're that person's best. They don't need to be their only. In fact, I wouldn't care. See, but a thousand guys, but if I hooked you up to a lie detector and you were like, you're my best, then I'd be like, it's all good. So <laughs> Interesting. So yeah. really, it's a reflection of how that makes that that person feels about so, themselves about it's themselves. purely selfish That's it's all insecurity i don't think you've ever explained it that clearly i am shocked that you don't know that like that's really one of those things i would say oh my wife could answer this question for me because all of the underlying bits and pieces maybe yeah. i've never strung them together yeah, about that question yeah. but for sure for sure like none of that i don't think is out of sequence no, a surprise no. like those it's are actually, all yeah it's just very succinct for me to kind of yeah i guess absorb it so um right so it's about yourself it's about yourself as most things always are and it's about insecurity as most things always are hmm. all right so sleep away is that your sleep away sleep away with people uh i would say yes go experiment go have fun be very very safe emotionally and physically yeah. uh but yeah it was a lot of fun to be had. Cool. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. By the way, if we could get you, if this is adding value, please go subscribe. That makes a yeah. big difference and helps us reach a broader audience. It's a big deal to us. So if this is added value and you wanted to say a quick thank you, that would be huge for us. Um, so thank you very much in advance. Uh, so if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And follow you at oh, Tom I always forget that. And yeah. then follow me at Lisa Billu on Instagram only. That's correct. Word, word, word. Word. All right, guys. Until All next right. time, be legendary. Later. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys. Thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends. Be legendary. Take care.